Hi, this is Mark, lead pastor of Lux Digital Church. I want to thank you for joining us today and also invite you to join with us live at twitch.tv slash Church every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. EST. Thank you for joining us and please enjoy this message. Check, check, check. Oh, it's good now. Look at that. Guys, welcome to church tonight. So glad to have y'all here with us. My name is Mark. I'm the lead pastor here at Lux Digital Church. I just want to let you know we're so glad to have you here with us tonight. Thank you for being here and thank you for making us part of your Wednesday night. You can be doing anything else tonight. Gaming and, and like, let's be real, half of you are probably gaming on a separate monitor right now or we're minimized in the background. Wherever we are, I'm just thankful that you're here. So thank you for being here and thank you for being part of the community tonight. Thank you for, you know, joining us. If you're here for the very first time tonight, I would encourage you, even challenge you when you feel comfortable, drop a follow here in the chat or say hello or here on the channel or say hello in the chat. We just want a way uh, to say thanks for coming tonight. We're not going to do anything weird. Uh, if you follow the stream, we're just going to send you a, a DM tomorrow um, letting you know that we're glad that you showed up tonight and that's going to be it. Um, if you're joining us later on demand, I uh, want to let you know we're so glad to have you as part of our on-demand family. It's always an honor and a privilege um, to be able to have people who watch us on YouTube YouTube or over podcast or watch our VODs here on Twitch. Thank you for doing that and thank you for making us part of your day. And um, we'd love to have you come and join us live next week. We're going to be live every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. EST, twitch.tv slash Lux Digital Church. So come out and join us live next week. It, it, you know, church really is, um, it, there's some elements of spectation, but really it's about participation and you get to participate in so much more when you get to be in here with people like Heart of Tanks and like and like Faye and like Tex Holden and like Shock and like Josh and like Mackenzie and all the people and Janny who are here with us tonight. Um, you get to kind of jump in and be part of the conversation along with them. And there's something really cool and unique about that that's very different from any other sort of online church experience. Um, so tonight we're wrapping up uh, what was a four and became a five-week five week collection of talks that we entitled Fear Not. And so we've been talking through uh, different fears that each of us face throughout life and how we can overcome those fears and find freedom from them. So week one, I think we kicked off with uh, a fear of uh, what other people think because it's something that a lot of us deal with this fear of what other people think of us we talked about the fear of failure we talked about the fear of the future and last week a special thank you and a shout out to Chino Mage I hope he's still here with us tonight thank you Chino Mage for bringing a powerful message about the fear of suffering and the fear of death which he brought last night last week when my wife and I and our family were on vacation and it was awesome to be uh, it was awesome to be away, and uh, and it was so awesome because I got to still tune in from the beach house and, and watch Chino Mage preach and watch the team do their thing. And so appreciate all of you guys who served or who were here. Um, Flat Cap Dapper Pastor, hi. Welcome into the stream. I, I hope that you're doing well. Um, I would love to know as well if, if there's a way that this – uh, this last collection of talks has impacted your life at all. If there's been like a fear that you were working on overcoming and you really feel like this kind of gave you some new tools to be able to do that. Um, I would love to know about that. I, I, I would love for you to let us know in chat, like how has this conversation around overcoming fear impacted your life? Because I really think a lot of the things that hold back the kingdom of God, especially in this online space, is fear. I think a lot of us have things that prevent us from really living into everything that God has for us. Hey, Heart of Tanks, see you later. Thanks for coming and joining us. Appreciate you. Um, thanks for being here, man. Um, so to each week we've had this key statement, and we have a key statement that sort of links all of our messages together. And throughout this series, it has been fear, uh, fear and freedom don't coexist. And so we can't find 
freedom if we are living in fear. We can't be slaves to fear and also find freedom at the same time. And so uh, we usually keep that the same. But as we're closing out the series, I'm actually going to change it, which is something new, which is fine. We're always doing something new here at Lux. We're always trying to do something a little bit different, seeing what works. And um, this, this week's message is very unique. It's a very different angle than the last four messages because the last four messages we've been talking about overcoming fear in this week we're going to talk about how fear has a positive or can have a positive impact in our lives in a way that sets us free of everything else and so previously fear and freedom do not coexist this week's uh key statement is this fear is the key to freedom fear is the key to freedom fear is the key to freedom. Now, I know that's a little bit strange, but tonight what we're going to be focusing in on is this concept of the fear of the Lord or the fear of God. The fear of the Lord or the fear of God. Now, this is a subject that runs from the beginning to the end of the Bible. You can't actually read too much of the Bible without running into some level of conversation about the fear of the Lord, either someone experiencing the fear of God or somebody who says something positive about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is just this reoccurring theme, yet... I grew up in the church, so you know I don't I don't know what your background is, and you can let me know in chat. Like, what was your background? Did you grow up in the church? Did you not grow up in the church? Like, you know, is this your first church? What's your experience with church been like? I'm, I'm actually really curious to know that. We're going to talk about that in uh, post service in Discord tonight a little bit too. Um, I'm always kind of curious to know like how many people from our church actually grew up in church. I grew up in the church, so, but I went to you know I went to church every Sunday. I went to youth group on Tuesday night. I went to Sunday school, and I never once throughout my childhood heard anybody talk about the fear of the Lord. In fact, anytime we did talk about the fear of the Lord, what would happen is you know we would breeze through a passage and we would read over the section that would talk about the fear of the Lord, and we would pause and the pastor would say or someone would stop and say, well this doesn't really mean afraid in the way that we think of being afraid. It's more about being respectful. This is more about being respectful or reverent, right? We, we need to respect God. And, you know, I took that for what it was, but I think that the concept of the fear of the Lord may be one of the least understood and most misunderstood concepts in the Bible. And at the same time, I think it's likely one of the most important concepts in the Bible. Because not only does it run throughout, but there's lots of blessing that is locked behind this concept of proper understanding of the fear of the Lord. So for example, in Proverbs chapter 9, starting in verse 10, we read this. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom, your days will be many, and your and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Thank you, Josh, for throwing that uh, scripture there in the chat. Um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In this wisdom leads to understanding of God and it leads to blessing. It leads to long life and many years will be added to your life. If you are wise, it leads to reward. And so misunderstanding or not really getting our minds wrapped properly around the concepts of the fear of God can have really dramatic, drastic, negative consequences on our life. 
If we're wrong, and the fear of the Lord is not just about mustering up some respect, if it's not just about showing God what we feel like maybe, you know, like we would to a teacher, right? Or uh, maybe even, you know, we, we would to a police officer or something. If the fear of the Lord is more than that, if it's larger than that, then we have to properly understand it. Because this concept of, of freedom of years of life, freedom of the knowledge of God, freedom of the blessings of God, seem in some way, shape, or form to be locked behind this proper understanding of fearing God himself. And, and I, for one, believe it means more than just mustering up some respect. When I look at the Bible, and we're going to look at many passages tonight, I think it's more than just showing God some reverence. See, when I was young, and this is the example I'm going to use to make the connection, guys. When I was young, I had great parents. Give me a five in chat if you had some awesome parents growing up. Give a five in chat if you had some awesome parents. Praise God for awesome parents, let me tell you. I had some great parents growing up. I have a, a great mom, a great dad. I'm still very close with them. They live about 35 minutes away from me. My mom spent the night in our house last night. Just some guy. Good to see you. Welcome to chat. I forgot to say hello to you earlier. You know, my mom spent the night here last night. Woke up with my daughters. Uh, my parents are oftentimes in church. Ken and Brenda are oftentimes in church. They become part of our community, even though, like, they would have never imagined themselves being part of an online church. They're here every week, even though they've never used Twitch and they're not gamers. And But they're so supportive of me. And I had great parents as a child. Like growing up, my mom and my dad were reliably there for me. My dad worked really hard to provide for our family. My mother worked really hard. I was blessed to have a stay-at-home mom who took care of me and my little brother. I had a phenomenal home life. But my parents were disciplinarians. Like they, they made sure that we behaved in a way that would help shape us for the future. Like largely, I think probably the problem a lot of times with, with parenting that gets really hard is it's hard to discipline your kids. But when you don't discipline your kids, you also don't properly prepare them for the future. And so your kids can walk out of your house thinking the world revolves around them when it actually doesn't. So we need parents who will properly guide us even if we receive that guidance as being a bit harsh from time to time. So I had parents who were disciplinarians. And so I, you know, I'd have timeouts in which I had to go sit down. We had this corner that we had to go stand in in the house when, when we were misbehaving. And that was kind of our timeout spot. You know, there was like a handful of times throughout my childhood that my rear end got readjusted so that I could change my attitude. I remember one time that I told my dad to shut up when I was leaving the dinner table and he almost washed my mouth. I was never, I never had my mouth washed out with soap. I think it's because my parents had that experience growing up, or at least my dad did. And so they, they didn't want me to have that experience. But one of the most intimidating and scary pieces of discipline that my parents used and I think maybe you have heard this before especially if you grew up with two folks in the house um, was my mom would tell me that when my dad got home I had to talk to him and I can I can remember as a kid where I would get in trouble and my mom would say you're gonna talk to your dad when he gets home and I would forget about it I'd be there you know, I'd be playing with Legos or I'd be playing video games or we'd be outside uh, or whatever and, and I would get the call from my dad's bedroom I would get the call from my dad's bedroom Mark come in here or I would get Mark Kenneth, come in here. And and I, I would hear the call, and there is this certain amount of trembling and fear that would come into me when I would step through the threshold of our hallway into my parents' bedroom where I was there with my dad. Now, my dad never hit me. He never abused me. He never called me names. He never yelled at me in that space. He was never harsh with me. My father was always kind. 
There was nothing that I had to fear when I stepped into this place with my father. Now, you may have not had that experience, and, and I'm, I'm one of the one percenters, right? I'm a one percenter. My parents are together. They love me very much. I love them very much. They're very supportive of me. You know, I, I have a great little brother. would love him very much. He was at my house last night, right? I'm in the, my wife has great parents. Like, we're in the one percent. I realize that. So not everyone has had the same experiences that I have. And maybe for you, there was genuine reasons to be afraid whenever you got called into your father's room. But for me, there was no real reason to be afraid, but I was still afraid. There was something about stepping into the presence of a person who really held my fate in their hands. And, and it wasn't that I needed to be afraid of him. In fact, I trusted my father probably more than anybody else in my life to protect me, to stand up for me, to care for me, to provide for me all of the things that I needed from my father, my father did for me. And so that was the person that I looked to, that I, I wanted to be like. All of those things were true of my dad. But when I stepped into his presence, it was scary. It was terrifying. Because when you step out of your own space and you step into the space of somebody who has so much more power than you do, it can be a really scary experience. And so even though I had nothing to fear and even though my father talked to me kindly and even though he was firm but gentle, uh, all of those things, I still was afraid when I stepped into the presence of my father. So when I read the scriptures that we're going to read tonight, I keep that image in the back of my mind of stepping in to my father's room. Now, let me read a couple of scriptures to you that help me realize that the Bible doesn't just say that we need to build up some respect for God, but the fear of the Lord is a genuine feeling. The first one comes from the book of Daniel. Now, I talked two weeks ago about the exile of the Israelites by the Babylonians, and Daniel was living in Israel at the time as a child. He became a prophet, a high-ranking official in the nation of Babylon, and then served as God's voice piece, the prophet to the people of Israel while they were living in exile in Babylon. He became a very powerful young man and a very powerful older man at the point in which we're going to read this in Daniel chapter 10. But let me read this passage to you. It's an encounter that Daniel has with an angelic being. It says this, on the 24th day of the first month, as I, Daniel, was attending, uh, was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with the belt of fine gold from Uphaz, I don't know how to pronounce that, Uphaz, around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and his legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one that saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. He passed out. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees, still scared. He said, David... Who are you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you, angelic creature, he said, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up and I was trembling. And then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourselves before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. This is a spiritual prince. Then Michael, the archangel, one of the chief, uh, 
the, the archangel, one of the chief princes came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia, the spiritual king of over the land of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. Daniel 10, verse 10, 4 through 14. A few weeks ago, we talked about this Babylonian exile. We talked about Daniel. Daniel becomes this man of great prestige, yet when he's in the presence of this angel, he falls to the ground as though he's dead, as though he's asleep. And even when touched and even when encouraged, he trembles in fear. A man who God directly spoke through to the people. This is another great passage in the book of Luke, and it's much shorter. He said, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. These are the men that received the proclamation that Jesus had entered into the world in the book of Luke. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. The angels appeared to the people outside. That is Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 10. Finally, this is maybe one of the most powerful passages. This is about the apostle John. It's when I saw him, John saying, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and I am the last. Revelation 117. This was written by John, Jesus' closest friend. And when he sees Jesus in his glorified state, he says he falls to the ground in fear as though he is dead. I don't know about you, but none of these stories sound like people. None of these people were like these wretched, sinful individuals. This was Jesus' best friend, the disciple whom Jesus loved. These were the shepherds in the hills outside of Bethlehem receiving the good news proclamation that the Son of God had entered the world. This was Daniel, the man entrusted with the proclamations of God himself to the people of Israel as they were in exile in Babylon and God was preparing to bring them back to their homeland. These people were, especially John and Daniel, they were, they were the mightiest of the mighty. They, they were prominent figures in the spiritual narrative. God worked them in mighty and amazing ways. And yet when they encountered God in the flesh or the spiritual beings that were underneath of his command, they fell to the ground as though they were dead. They trembled. They shaked in fear. They fell to the ground. They bowed. Here's my point. The fear of the Lord isn't optional. We don't choose to show God some respect. The reality is when we step out of our domain and we step into our fathers, when we step into his presence, we will be afraid. That is just part of it. I can't fabricate that for you, but let me tell you a story from my own experience. In my junior year of college, I had spent the last year to a year and a half running away from God. I had been living in semi-wild ways, not wild compared to a lot of standards, but what was wild in comparison to mine. I was dating somebody I knew I shouldn't have been dating. I was doing a lot of things I knew I shouldn't have been doing. I was living in a way that was intentionally and purposefully disobedient to what I knew I was supposed to be doing simply to prove the fact that I could. And I had been living that way for a while. 
and life began to crumble. I started to sort of lose control. I, my relationships were a mess. I was a mess. I wasn't in a good place. I was heavily addicted at the time. I was just not in a good place. And I remember one night um, at, at the point where I decided to turn around. And I've shared the story before at least a little bit. But that night that I decided to turn around, that I decided to repent, by the way, the word repent literally means to turn away from. And it was the night that I repented and I decided to turn away from the things that I had been doing and turn my life back to God. I had made the decision that I was going to come back to God. I didn't know how I was going to do that. I flipped, and flipped open my Bible. I flipped open to the book of Psalms. I read Psalms chapter one and I just absolutely crumbled. And I was there on the basement floor of my parents' house in my bedroom as a junior in college and I was absolutely crushed, just weeping. But why? It wasn't because of what I had done. I didn't even really feel a tremendous amount of remorse for it at the time. It wasn't about how far I had come from God. It was because in that moment, I stepped into God's presence. Now, I didn't see God. I couldn't taste God. I couldn't feel God, but I knew he was there. His presence was thicker in the room with me in that moment than I had ever experienced before in my life. And I had experienced the presence of God at worship and at youth group and at church many, many times before. And I had seen it at church camp and revival type situations. It had been really powerful and really cool. But in this moment, the God of the universe was with me in my basement. And there was this moment in which I knew that I deserved to be wiped off the face of the earth. I knew that I deserved to be gone. I had stepped into the presence of something that was so much more powerful and so much more good than I was that I just couldn't believe that I was in the presence of this being. And at the same time, I was terrified. It is the most afraid I've ever been in my life. I'm not even joking. I've been afraid at certain things in my life. Maybe not a lot of things. I've been afraid of a few things. This was the most fear I had ever experienced. And it was something different. It was deeper. It was more gut level. It was beyond gut level. It was a type of fear that I had never experienced before. It wasn't a scare. It was being in the presence of a being that was so much more powerful than me. And I was totally and completely outside of my control. And at the same exact time, I experienced a sense of love and compassion and forgiveness that I will not forget. And those two simultaneous feelings of this extreme fear of the father and the love of my father at the same time caused me to utterly break down and weep. And I could not get up. But when I could, I got up changed, new, different, fresh, because when you experience the fear of the Lord, as the people do here, and I don't know if you've caught this, because the series is called Fear Not. And we see in Daniel, he experiences this angelic being, and the angel touches him and pulls him up on his hands, and he says, Daniel, fear not. And when the shepherds see the angels in the hills outside of Bethlehem, they become afraid and the angels say, fear not. And when John experiences Jesus in his exalted form, he falls to his knees as though he's dead and Jesus says, fear not. Because when we step into the presence of God, the truth is we will fear him. But we also hear the whisper, the voice that speaks to us and says, my child, fear not not. When we look at the Bible, we see this experience over and over and over again. And you know what often comes out on the other side of it? Radically changed lives that live in freedom from fear. 
Because when you experience the fear of the Lord and you hear fear not deep within you, when you rise, there is nothing that you need to be afraid of any longer. Not people, not suffering, not death, not getting it wrong, nothing. Not the future. There's no longer anything to fear. Once you face the supreme power, there's no longer any power in this world. They all pale in comparison to the power of the Father. You've experienced the fear of being in his presence, and that same being has whispered to the depths of your heart and your soul and said, you do not have to be afraid. And when you rise, you don't need to be afraid of anything because you've experienced the depth of what it means to experience the fear of the Lord. And you can live in wisdom and you can live in freedom because you understand the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is not just being respectful. It's not just being reverent towards God. It's not just being like, yeah, we have to pay tribute to that dude. The fear of the Lord is a very real thing and it sets us free of the fear of the world. And when we miss this and the church misses this, we wonder why we have churches full of people who are afraid. It's because we haven't brought people into the presence of God in such a way that they can experience his power and be set free from the fear in their life. I'm telling you now, there's nothing in the father's house. There's nothing in his room. You can step beyond his threshold. He won't abuse you. He won't mistreat you. He won't turn against you. You can repent. You can turn away. You can turn back. You can abandon the life that you're leading. You can come back to him. You can return home. And when you enter his room, when you hear your name called and you step into his presence, you will be afraid. But brothers and sisters from all across the globe, there is nothing to fear and when you stand you'll realize that there's not only nothing to fear from the father but there's nothing to fear of the world any longer because the world can't touch you once you've been with the father fear not fear not the reality is I get into messages like this and I wish that I could say, here's a two-step plan. Here's a three-step plan. Here's the one thing that you need to do. We've had adjustments throughout this series, right? From fear to faith, from fear to freedom, from fear to, you know, whatever. Uh, and we've, we've from fear of what people think to, to concern for what people think. We've talked about the adjustments. Listen, there's no adjustment that I can make for you. I can't make an adjustment. Let me just be real with you. The most important things in scripture do not come in three-point easy pieces. The, the, the most important things in the word of God do not come and just like, we'll just do this and then do this and then do this and your life will be better. The, the best, the deepest, the most important pieces of God's word are not a self-help book. They are walking into the very presence of our creator and allowing him to shape and form our lives into what he intended them to be. I'll be clear. There's no easy two-step process here. All I can tell you is this. You can repent. You can turn around. You can turn back to God and you can enter your your father's room because there's freedom there can't fabricate it for you I can't give you what I had in my junior year of college I can't promise you you have an experience that's anything like it because God interacts with you uniquely and differently than how he's interacted with me he had to punch me in the teeth to get my attention he might not have to be so callous or bold with you he might be able to draw you into his presence and you may not have to experience the reality that you desire you you 
you deserve to go to hell, which is what I experienced in that place. And I, you may not need to know that you need to be forgiven because you already know it. Maybe you're in a different place than me. Maybe you're a different experience than me. But I can tell you that true freedom from the fear of this world comes from understanding and being in the fear of the Lord. It changes you and it reshapes you. There's a reason why the fear of the Lord is found in the Bible from cover to cover. It is that important. And to misunderstand it, to misinterpret it, can have dramatic, drastic, terrible consequences for our spiritual life. Don't sell it short. You know, there's a scene in the book of Narnia and in the movies where I, I think one of the kids has to go to see Aslan. And I think it's when he's got transformed into a dragon. And he, and he asked, is he safe? And I, I think that C.S. Lewis captures this image of the fear of Lord better than anybody else I've ever seen. And he says to the child, no, he's not safe. But he is good. He's not safe. But he is good. That brings us to our next step this week. I will seek God this week. The reality is we're not going to experience the fear of the Lord if we're not seeking the Father. We have to seek Him. He's not far. He's waiting for us. He's called to us. He's called your name. He's calling it now. He's calling you into His space, into His domain. Step into it. Be honest. Be transparent. Don't hide things. There's nothing that's hidden from him. Be vulnerable with the Father. And in that place, I truly believe, you can also be set free, not just from fear, but from fear of the world. Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you. And I thank you for the closing of this series. I, I thank you, Father, that I... I missed sort of read my notes in a six-week series, turned into a four-week series, turned into a five-week series, and we had the chance to dive into this. This is a tough subject, Dad. Like, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing sexy or fun about talking about the fear of you. There just isn't. But I'm so thankful for it. I'm so thankful that when I've, when I've stepped into your presence, the, the experience that I've had has radically changed the way I experience fear in all facets of life that I've been set free from it. I'm thankful for it. I pray that there would be some folks who are here tonight who call Lux home or who are listening in later who've been living in fear of things and they, they don't really know how to be set free and they've been making some adjustments but it just doesn't seem to be working and they would realize, no, they, they need to have an understanding of the fear of God. They need to step into your presence. They need to turn around, repent, and come back. I pray, God, that you would meet them in that place. And in that room, they would hear the voice of the Father that isn't harsh, that isn't cold, that isn't uncaring, that isn't abusive. They would hear those words spoken directly to their soul, their spirit. Fear not. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Lux Digital Church. If Lux has been having an impact on your life, I want to encourage you to visit us at luxdigitalchurch.com and get connected to our community 
there. We're so thankful for you and we appreciate you. Have a blessed day and a blessed week.